Today Magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Dan Porras, who is the Vice President of Non-Ferris at GLE Scrap Metal, which is headquartered in Longwood, Florida. The company has offices in Florida and Michigan, and it offers ferrous and non-ferrous processing, as well as electronics recycling, brokerage, and transportation services. At GLE, Dan is responsible for managing the purchasing team company-wide and most of the non-ferrous selling. He first joined the company in 2010 in a purchasing role, and before that, he had a background in real estate sales. Outside of work, Dan likes to spend time doing outdoor activities and spending time with his wife. Thanks for coming on the show today, Dan. Thank you for having me. So what brought you to the recycling industry, and how did you first come to GLE about a decade ago? Well, about a decade ago, it was uh, 2010, obviously, and I had graduated college a few years earlier and went into the investment real estate sales, which is probably not the best industry to be in in the 08-09-2010 time frame. And after a few years and finding a little bit of success, I just wasn't really happy with where I was at, so I started looking for new opportunities. And a good friend of mine was Danny Zach, who's uh, the CEO and one of the owners of GLE Scrap Metal, and he asked if I wanted to join the, the scrap metal company and get into the scrap metal industry. And I took a, a real hard look at it, and we would kind of talked about it off and on for a couple of years, but it was just kind of the right timing for me. And I decided to move to Florida from Michigan and see what scrap metal was and what the business was about. Got it. And what kind of brought you into real estate in the first place, especially, you know, 2010, I'm thinking that was, you know, right after the recession started. Well, I'd always kind of just liked the business world, and I knew a few people in that industry in the Michigan area, and I was doing kind of a national account role and doing commercial investment real estate sales. And I still really like it, and I, I liked what I was doing, but just wasn't getting a tremendous amount of traction in that job. And the scrap metal world kind of seemed like it touched a lot of different industries, and it was a, you know, a buy-sell business. Um, and it was an opportunity to go to a company that at that time was, you know, a successful company, but not close to what we are today, 10 years later. So it seemed like a, a very cool opportunity to, to join something that was growing and kind of be a, a big part of and, and bring the talent and the, the training that I had there into, into kind of a sales role. So you studied political science in college, and then before coming to GLE, you were in the real estate for a little bit. Have those skills translated at all in your time at the company? I don't know how much a political science degree applies to the scrap metal world. I mean, I always like political science and politics. I always kind of look at it as just kind of the management of relationships, as business, as political science. So I kind of see it all related in, in that sense. But I don't know if you know there's any good training or education for scrap metal. I can say that the training that I got, sales training that I got in my previous job in the real estate industry was really comprehensive and it was really strong. It was really strong sales experience. And they had a three to six month intensive training program. And that was probably some of the best training I could have gotten for what I started doing at GLE and what I still do now in terms of how you do sales, how you do prospecting, how you build relationships, how you, you know, get in front of people and build credibility. And that was excellent training 
for for this job and probably a lot of different sales jobs. And it was, you know, a lot of cold calling, a lot of calling people you've never met or heard of, you know, just trying to get in front of people and and just build those relationships and, and build the common ground so you can try to build a working relationship together. Cool. Are you able to share like one or two tips or lessons learned from real estate that are very applicable today? You kind of mentioned like cold calling. The sales training that I got at that job, it was a lot of, you had a lot of face-to-face, you know, mock sales calls, mock cold calls. You had a little bit of a script sometimes that you could use. It got you over your fear of cold calling, which is a salesperson, you know, somebody new, especially without a lot of experience, it can be really intimidating. And just in terms of how to prospect and how to find new customers, you know, how do you do that on the internet? How do you do that through different lists or groups or organizations? How do you find the right person to go towards? How do you get past basic sales training stuff? But they don't teach you that in school generally. You'll learn that on the job. You, you know, you can read all kinds of sales books if you want. But it, it was giving me a lot of practical experience and a lot of experience doing all that stuff. So when I joined the scrap metal world, I didn't have to learn how to prospect or cold call or be confident calling somebody that I've never met before. I had been doing that for a couple of years, so I could kind of hit the ground running, and it was just a different industry. So I just I could apply it to metal. I had to learn a lot about scrap metal, learn a lot about metal, so I could talk knowledgeably about that. But in, on the sales side of thing, I could just kind of hit the ground running and just and just go right after it. Got it. What was it like those first couple of years transitioning into the scrap industry, and what were some of the things that you learned? I thought it was fantastic. It was one of those industries that there was just an amazing variety of personalities and the types of people that you dealt with on a regular basis. You could deal with, you know, uh, a purchasing agent or a C-suite kind of person at an industrial account. I was going into places like Kennedy Space Center and putting in, you know, roll-off containers on, you know, at, at Cape Canaveral. I was doing. I was I was walking into small mom and pop operations where they would only have a little bit of scrap. I was dealing with, you know, big scrap dealers, small scrap dealers. It was just, you know, I was moving to Florida. I didn't. I, I was learning scrap metal as I went, and it was still a pretty good time for scrap metal. I mean, there was, it wasn't quite as, quite as competitive as it is today, and we were a smaller company, probably not as known in every corner of Florida. And I could just go, and, and the world was kind of my oyster at the beginning, and I could just go and, and meet a lot of people and, and just try to find the success. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And it's still a lot of fun, but it was different back then. Got it. And could you tell me a little bit, what is the company culture like at GLE? Is it different from that of other scrap companies? And if so, how? It's hard for me to say if it's very different from other companies. I would say probably it's the only scrap company I've ever worked for. A lot of the sales team that I work with and a lot of the executive team and the administrative team and the operations team, we all work really, really closely and really well together. We all get along really well. We're all, we all are very collaborative. It's a, it's a play hard, but work harder culture. A lot of the people who are on the executive team or the management side of GLE, 
we all grew up in the same area of the suburbs of Detroit, and so we kind of have that shared experience. We all kind of grew up in the same the same area, and some a lot of us knew each other growing up, so we we have a lot of history between us. And then, yeah, you know, we all just we all really enjoy what we're doing, and we like figuring out problems and figuring out how to get to a deal. And we've you know we've done a lot of different things now. We're dealing with really big companies. We're dealing with small companies. We're dealing a lot of international business. And so we're bringing all these new experiences and new ways of looking at things. And we've brought a lot of new people on board over the last few years that have different experiences and really are, you know, a net benefit and bring a lot of different things to the table. And you can call anybody in the company and ask questions. And we're very service oriented, but also internally, it's kind of the same culture that we all just want to help each other and figure out how to you know, buy more scrap and sell more scrap and make better quality packages and just do things better. So it's, uh, I think it's an amazing culture and we spend a lot of time with each other outside of scrap metal. And it's, uh, it's a unique company. I think it's one of the, to me, I think it's probably one of the more unique opportunities and one of the more unique companies in the industry. I really enjoy it. Obviously I've been there for 10 years. I'm biased, but I think it's uh, it's something special there. Awesome. And, you know, when you first joined business about 10 years ago, did you think this is going to be like a long-term career, or did you think this might just be something for the next couple of years for me? Well, I hoped it was going to be something for the long term. I was always, I've always been someone who's been in positions a long time. I, I wanted something that I could be there long term. I obviously had a personal relationship with some of the people at GLE before I'd grown so or before I joined so there was you know history there that I could build on but yeah I mean I hope that it could be something big and you know at our talks before I ever joined we, we talked about some of the things that we wanted to accomplish over many years and we wanted to grow you know in these directions we wanted to get these types of accounts we wanted to do this better and do that better and it was always just a matter of getting the right people and we've grown organically over the years and we've had a lot of really you know really big and really impressive growth over the 10 years that I had been there but even before I joined uh, there was a lot of really amazing things that had gone on in the in the short history of GLE. Got it. Now what's your day-to-day job as vice president of Don Ferris like and what's kind of your role in the company? I spend a lot of my time speaking with a lot of our other buying team. We have about 11 purchasing agents that do some sort of combination of buying into the yards or buying for our brokerage division or buying into our wire chopper in Florida and obviously teams in Florida and Michigan. And then within those states in Florida, there's a few different geographic regions where people are based at. So I spend a lot of time speaking to them helping with sales prices, helping with buy prices. I also purchase a lot of material into all of our different divisions, and I sell a a good portion of our non-ferris, mostly domestically. So I work on bids with everybody, and then a little bit on the the marketing side, I I help on the operations side in terms of just kind of communicating what our consumer expectations are to our operations team because as you know as the person who's selling some of it I have that knowledge that I have to pass on to a lot of different people so some combination of all of that on a regular basis and just making sure 
that everybody's kind of on the same page is really important because we're a spread out company. We have uh, a lot of locations and everybody's kind of based in different places. And for the last couple months, we've all mostly been uh, locked up at home and, and working from home. So just keeping everybody on the same page and motivated and sharing knowledge throughout the company and then also doing the, the normal purchasing and sales for a lot of different locations. Got it. And over the years, you know, what have been some of your most fun times working at the company or just working in the recycling and scrap industry in general that you can talk about? I mean, I, I find a lot of different things, a lot of fun. I mean, we've, you know, we've opened new operations and we got ahead of ourselves and, you know, when we've opened some of them and we've filled up an entire facility and we needed to spend, you know, we needed to shut it down for a couple of weeks just to process our way to the back of it so we could make room again. I mean, things like that have happened. I've spent a lot of time going to a lot of different organizations and conferences and conventions like ISRI. Uh, I was on the board of the Florida Recycler Associations. We've gone to American Copper Council and Platts and BIR and Copper Club and, and all those different things, and I get a lot out of those and always have a good time. You know, you're one of the lucky people when you can enjoy what you're doing, and I really enjoy going to all those conventions and conferences and, and meeting all the different people in the industry and the different personalities. So, you know, I have a lot of fun at them. They're, they're a lot of work. Sometimes they're exhausting, but I always enjoy them. I mean, I, I've really just enjoyed my many years of, of being a part of a, of a company that's you know, consistently grown since I've been a part of it in a lot of different ways and a lot of impressive ways. And I think what we've done is a really big accomplishment we've uh we've grown in ways that i would have never have imagined so just just changing how we do things and from going to just kind of a, a yards that buy scrap from the public and, and industrial accounts and dealers to doing a lot of trading and a lot more processing um, i find that whole process uh really fun and i really enjoy it got it and you've kind of mentioned that the company's grown a lot since you even started there so in you know the last 10 years what are some of the biggest moments of growth at the company that you can share about well when we started we had an e-scrap operation in michigan we had a ferris and non-ferris operation in michigan and we had two yards in florida that were primarily non-ferris um, since then we have another another uh scrap yard in south florida outside of miami we now have a 20-acre Ferris yard on rail in Michigan. We have a brand-new corporate office that we, we opened at the end of 2019, and we have a, a large wire chopping operation in right outside of Orlando. And then we have a pretty good-sized trading operation. So we've gone from being smaller physical yards to having bigger physical yards that are more specialized in different things. The the volumes have grown tremendously, what we're doing versus what we were doing a long time ago. Our team is a lot bigger. I mean, we've always been looking for really good people that fit in with our culture. And anytime we've, you know, we've met people or, or people that we think would be a net positive, you know, we've, we've always been open and, and aggressive and adding people to our team. So all that has been some of the amazing growth. I mean, we've grown a lot of employees, but a lot of physical locations and capabilities that we have now we couldn't have imagined a long time ago probably. 
Got it. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of change going on in the industry lately, particularly with the pandemic this spring. How is GLE responding to that? And how have, you know, you and the rest of the employees doing lately? I think we responded pretty quickly and pretty decisively in regards to the coronavirus and COVID. We kept everybody employed, first of all. We instituted a lot of safety and health policies and made sure everybody was everybody was safe, first of all. We shut down our retail operations for several weeks. The, the Florida operations opened back to retail at the beginning of this week, and the Michigan operations will open back up to retail in the middle of May. We were just worked really hard, and we stayed very aggressive. We never stop buying or quoting people. We always say that we are always in the market. We will never be out of the market. So the most important thing for us was to keep buying scrap metal to support our customers and support our company because, you know, volume is necessary to push through the yards and to push through all the different divisions to keep everybody, you know, working, keeping everybody employed, and then making sure that our clients had somewhere to sell. And so we were... We were very aggressive in telling people, hey, these are new, our new safety procedures and these are our expectations from you, but just know that you can always count on us. If you need something from us, we're always here. We're always open to collaborate with our customers and, and are open to, you know, if they need something, they know that they can come to us within reason, obviously, but they know that they can count on us for things. So the most important thing was kind of just pushing through and trying to keep as much as much as normal as you could through uh, what was a really challenging environment. And it's still very challenging. Hopefully that things are going to start slowly going back to close to normal. But our employees are amazing, and we, I think we did a really good job of communicating to both, in, both internally and externally uh, what we were going to do and how we were going to do it so everybody had the right expectations. Got it. So have you and some of the other people on your team been working remotely lately? And if so, how has that been? And, you know, what has it been like communicating with each other? All of the uh, buyers and sales team has been working remotely since uh, part of March. I've been home for about eight weeks now. This is the longest I think I've stayed home in over eight years. But our team is relatively spread out, at least on the sales side. We have people in South Florida, in Central Florida. We have people in Michigan. Uh, we have a couple of people based in Ohio. So we're kind of used to working not all in the same place already. So as far as the sales team goes, everybody is pretty independent and knows what they have to do, and everybody's empowered to make their own decisions. We give all of our buyers a lot of information and a lot of uh, a lot of data to make their own decisions, and then we just talk about it a lot and, and go over things constantly to make sure we're all on the same page. It wasn't as big of a difference for the sales team. A lot of our administrative or management staff was home for a little while, and we have small staffs now working back at the uh, the offices doing a lot of the back office and administrative stuff. And then we've implemented a lot of just different safety procedures. We've implemented a lot of PPE procedures and uh, social distancing in all the yards. Uh, we're trying to get people to do more appointments. We've tried to do as much ACH payments versus checks as we can to avoid people having to go to banks and touching paperwork and sending stuff in the mail. So 
we've we've adjusted to to the new reality and are are just doing our best. It's um it's been challenging, but I think we've done a, a pretty good job at it. Got it. And how has the pandemic been affecting scrap markets so far this year? And what does that mean for you and how you do business? I think April was a, a pretty wild month in the metals markets with you know, just wild swings in the markets and wild swings in values and spreads and uh, which consumer was out in the market on which day. And different countries were going through different challenges at different times. So that is still to be shaken out. I think the domestic aluminum market is a, a real challenge right now, especially with so many of the automakers out of the market still, and uh, hopefully coming back online in the middle of May. You know, people's expectations on quality, people's expectations on you know volumes is is changing a lot. There's it's kind of a bipolar market where somebody says one thing and then somebody says something completely different and they, they might both be right. It's, it, it, it was definitely a challenging month to, to stay ahead of our position and stay ahead of our sales and uh, you know fulfill all of our obligations to our consumers at the same time. I think that the volatility is probably here to stay for a little while, but I hope that you know the worst effects and people being shut down for long periods of time are hopefully in our rearview mirror pretty soon and people kind of get back to work. Uh, as long as people can kind of go back to work safely, I hope they do it quickly. And it's, uh, it's just, you know, one more added, added challenge in the scrap metal industry in a, in a couple years of, of pretty challenging markets that have been uh, a pretty wild ride. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, and aside from the pandemic in recent months, what have been some other challenges that the scrap industry has had to face, and how has GLE responded to some of those? I think that you know the challenges that we face are probably the challenges that most of the industry face. It's about having good relationships and open communication with our consumers and our suppliers, being able to fulfill all of our obligations, which we've been able to do. Uh, we never cancel contracts. We never back out of things. We try to always do what we say we're going to do. But I think the pandemic and I think just the, the market environment in general just kind of shows that relationships are still more important than ever. It's important to know the people you're doing business with and be able to have frank conversations with them. Over the last few months, when people aren't traveling, you realize the importance of the face-to-face -face meetings and being able to go visit your customers and the importance of things like ISRI and all the different organizations that we're a part of to, to go meet people and have FaceTime. At the end of the day, you know, safety is the most important thing in the yards and on a daily basis. And so we just have to adjust to those realities and change the way we do things. We've responded by adding a lot of services, adding a lot of options for people in terms of how they get paid, how we communicate with them, how we handle contracts, the timeframes that we're allowed people do. And we just want to let people know, especially during times like this, that us personally, that we're going to be there to help meet their, meet their needs as a supplier or a consumer. And, you know, we'll get past this all together. As long as everybody, you know, realizes these are challenging times for everybody and has some consideration of that and, 
and they just know that we'll work through this by by doing it together in the end because we all need each other in the industry we're all interrelated got it and as a final question here how do you think some of the challenges that the scrap industry faced as well as the pandemic are going to shape the future of the way that business is done and how have you noticed that occurring already i think that in the immediate future the big challenge is going to be how do you build those relationships and go see people and have face-to-face meetings and how are you going to do you know all the conventions and the conferences that that we have and go to on a on an annual basis or a monthly basis how do you do business travel i think all of that is still up in the air you know i don't know when the next you know con- convention or conference that any of us attend is going to be uh, I know a lot of us are going stir crazy in our houses and you know are itching to get back on the road. I know some people are probably already going to visit some customers already. I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that's up in the air that has yet to be determined. How do you go do a plant tour with a new customer? Or, you know, go do a proposal with somebody if you're not allowed into their plant to see how they do things and how do you add value in those situations? How do you have you know big meetings with your with your within your company? I think those are going to be some of the biggest challenges. I think just in terms of bringing scrap in and taking and processing and bringing scrap out, I think we'll figure that part out. But uh, the travel component is, is a big issue and international travel. I mean, all that is, is yet to be figured out. I think that's probably the biggest takeaway that we're all kind of waiting to, to see. But we'll be able to work through that, too. We're doing a lot of video conferencing. We're doing a lot of conference calls. We're trying to follow up with people as best we can. And, you know, some people don't want to go see each other in person. Some people just want text messages and emails and a couple phone calls every once in a while. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Dan. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it.